0: Hi, this is Justin Norman, pastor of Nobbs Baptist Church. We'd like to welcome you to the Nobbs Baptist Church broadcast. We thank you for joining us and we hope that you'll stay tuned for just a few moments as we have a special song and a message from God's Word. 1 Samuel chapter number 6 is where we'll be at this morning. 1 Samuel chapter number 6. and You know, when the Lord gives me a message, I try to go back, oftentimes, especially if it's in a very familiar pastor scripture such as this, uh, I try to go back and look through my notes and it's, uh, I, I, I don't know how many times I've preached, a couple hundred times I've preached in the ministry. and. Uh, I, I know as I go back through my notes, I can't find them all. They some I don't have. They some uh, messages I've preached didn't have notes and things like that. And uh, I just, I went back as I was studying this passage and looked at my notes. And how many times I've preached out of 1 Samuel. I've preached out of 1 Samuel a lot of times. Different passages of Scripture. And I never preached out of chapter 6. But uh, it's amazing as I go back and compile these messages and see where all the Lord has led me. And uh, it seems like I've preached. I know I've preached looking at my notes. I've preached at least the first 10 chapters here. It seemed like uh, as I was looking back through my notes, I never preached chapter 6. And uh, as the Lord placed this message on my heart, I know it's a very... Familiar passage of Scripture this morning and a very unique message that could be preached. And as we look in 1 Samuel chapter number 6 and we kind of lay a foundation for the message and uh, get to the context of the Scriptures, you'll read in 1 Samuel chapter number 4 of how the Philistines had went to battle with the Israelites. And uh, it seemed like the Israelites were uh, waxing very weak on the battlefield. And they had decided to bring the Ark of the Covenant with them to battle. I preached a message some time back on when this glory does depart. And uh, boy, we're pointless without His presence, uh, certainly. And uh, when this glory of God, when this Ark of the Covenant was stolen from the Israelites uh, by the Philistines and was taken into the camp of the Philistines, You'll read in chapter number 5 of the great torment and judgment and plagues that came upon uh, the Philistines as they had harbored in this Ark of the Covenant. And uh, boy, there's a lot of information here, a wealth of information here and, uh, that we can gather from this passage Scripture. And this morning in chapter number 6, we see a time in which the Philistines had decided they'd had enough Now we're going to take the Ark of the Covenant and send it back to the Israelites. Uh, And uh, it makes me question oftentimes, as you'll read in chapter 6, we won't read it this morning, but you'll see in chapter number 6 how uh, when the Israelites had got this precious Ark of the Covenant back, uh, just because they gazed upon this Ark of the Covenant and did not cover it or treat it appropriately and reverently, uh, we see that great death come upon the camp. But you'll wonder why oftentimes the Philistines, uh, they just got hemorrhoids and mice took over the city. And uh, there was a great plague upon them. And you'll wonder why God didn't judge those people like He did His own people. You ask the same question today. How come the world can wax worse and worse? How come a sinner man can act like he does and feels alright with it? How come that uh, the wicked man that's lost and undone without Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior, how come he can get by with such great wickedness in his life? And it seems as if there is no judgment that comes upon him. Oh, my friend, he is not a child of God. And uh, we know without a doubt that I'm a child of God and the Lord chastises those that are his. Somebody say amen right there. And if you're a child of God this morning, you're living out in sin, and the Lord ain't striping your legs, I believe I'd check up if I was you. Amen. We know that the Lord, He chastises those that are His. You wonder why the Israelites took it a little bit harder when they didn't reverence this Ark of the Covenant, this place on which the mercy seat was placed upon it, and the Shekinah glory of God dwelt among His people. You wonder why God treated them different when He did the lost people of the Philistines. Oh, my friend, they had a connection with their God. And my friend, if you're here this morning and He don't strap your legs for the wicked stuff you do throughout the week, I doubt you're what He is. That's just the fact of the matter. Anyways, let's get on into the preaching this morning. Chapter number 6. Look at verse number 1. And the ark of the Lord was in the country of the Philistines seven months. Boy, what a time. For seven months. The Philistines called for the priest and the diviners saying, What shall we do to the ark of the Lord? Tell us wherewith we shall send it to his place. And they said, If ye send away the ark of God of Israel... Send it not empty, but in any wise return him a trespass offering. Then ye shall be healed. It shall be known to you why his hand is not removed from you. Then said they, What shall be the trespass offering which we shall return to him? They answered five golden emeralds and five golden mice, according to the number of the lords of the Philistines. For one plague was on you all. And on your lords. Wherefore ye shall make images of your emeralds. And images of your mice. That mar the land. And ye shall give glory unto the God of Israel. Pre-adventure he will lighten his hand from off you. And from off your gods. And from off your land. As I said these Philistines had received great plagues. Of hemorrhoids and of mice. That took over the people in the land. These diviners, these men that uh, for the Philistines were uh, almost, in a sense, this go-between. I guess you could say this was the preacher for the wicked people. May ask him what should we do? He said, well, we should send this Ark of the Covenant away back to God's people and we should put these trespass offerings in it. Certainly if we do that, the Lord would remove His hand from off us. These plagues would be gone. Verse 6 says, Wherefore then do ye harden your hearts as the Egyptians and Pharaoh hardened their hearts? When he had wrought wonderfully among them, did they not let the people go? And they departed. Now therefore make a new cart and take two milk kine on which there hath come no yoke, and tie the kine to the cart. And bring their calves home from them. And take the ark of the Lord. And lay it upon the cart. And put the jewels of gold. Which he return him for a trespass offering. In a coffer. By the side thereof. And send it away. That it may go. And see if it goeth up by the way of his own coast. To Beth Shemesh. Then he hath done us this great evil. But if not. Then we shall know that it is not his hand that smote us. It was a chance that happened to us. The men did so and took two milk kine, tied them to the cart, and shut up their calves at home. they laid the ark of the Lord upon the cart, and the coffer with the mice of gold and the images of their emrods. And the kine took, and the kine took the straightway to the way of Beth Shemesh. Went along the highway, lowing as they went, and turned not aside to the right hand or to the left. And the lords of the Philistines went after them unto the border of Bethshemesh, and they of Bethshemesh were reaping their wheat harvest in the valley. They lifted up their eyes and saw the ark, and rejoiced to see it. I want to preach this morning. On the topic, when the glory of God rests upon you. When the glory of God rests upon you. As we see the Philistines had decided, after seven long months of great torment, to return this Ark of the Covenant uh, back to God's desired people, His own people, His own children, this nation of Israel. They had decided that this Ark which they had took, Uh, Was something that was a curse to them. It was a great blessing to God's people. But it was a curse unto them. For great plagues had come. They had decided that as this glory of God. Which Israel had described it. Had set upon this mercy seat. And upon this ark of the covenant. It had departed his people the Philistines had won a victory for quite some time now. But seven months later, they decided they didn't want no part in it. As this glory of God had departed, the irreverent people of the nation of Israel, oh, it was stolen by the enemy. No doubt there is a great enemy among us today. They would love nothing better than to steal the glory of God from within you. He would love to try to hinder uh, the peace that is within your life. He would love to try to take the joy that is within your heart. Oh, my friend, Satan himself would love to try to quench the Holy Spirit of God in your life. Oh, as God would lead you and as His glory would rest upon you, just as He would As a preacher would stand. Boy, I can't preach without Jesus. I need him and his power this morning. Oh, that I may make myself a fool for Jesus Christ. Oh, I love how the old preacher said. uh, They asked him why he preaches like he does. He said, I just want to get up and set myself on fire for Jesus Christ. That the world may stand in amazement at what I believe. Oh, my friend, let me tell you something. I can't preach without the power of God upon me. I can't preach without His hand resting upon me and the leadership of the sweet Holy Spirit of God. This divine glory of God resting upon the individual. Oh, it's so sweet and lovely. It's indescribable. And my friend, there is a Satan out there that's trying his best to take your glory this morning. He wants to take your joy. He wants to take your peace. He wants to confuse you. He wants to lead you astray. Just as the Philistines had took this Ark of the Covenant from the nation of Israel, from God's people, oh, Satan himself would love to take this glory even upon himself. It don't belong there. Somebody say amen. It don't belong in his realm. It don't belong in his hand. Oh, my friend, this glory only belongs to God. Oh, we see how the nation of Israel had been robbed as the glory of God had departed them for their irreverence. Oh, how they had not their hearts toward God. And certainly after seven months, we see how the Philistines had decided to return this Ark of the Covenant because of the plagues. They had went to the diviners and said, Hey, boys, what should we do? We've had enough of this mess. Let's take this ark. Let's send it back where it belongs. These, uh, these diviners said, "Well, Hey, why don't we just get us two milk cows? That's what those milk kinds were. Let's get us uh, two milk cows and let's build us a new cart and set this ark upon it and send it back to Israel. And, uh, oh, if, this, if these two cows would lead this way, oh, we know that it wasn't God's hand that was upon us. And, uh, but if these two milk cows was to go by the web of Beth Shemesh, if they was to go that way, bringing the ark back to Israel, we know certainly, without a doubt, it was God's hand that was against us this whole time. So they commenced to create a cart. And they put their trespass offerings upon it. And they took the Ark of the Covenant. And they set it upon this cart. And they hooked those two milk cows up. And decided to send them on their way. There's great lessons we can learn. Even from two milk cows. In this passage of Scripture. For when the glory of God rests upon them. Can you imagine how these two milk cows may have felt? as they carried the most precious thing to the nation of Israel, as they carried this blessed Ark of the Covenant, this thing in which the Shekinah glory of God was known to rest upon them. Certainly these two milk cows, they had a great mission to do. And certainly when the glory of God would rest upon them, they would do the work in which God would ask them to do. We see these two milk cows were used In a mighty way to restore the people. These two milk cows. Are a great representation. Of you and I today. As we carry this load. As we carry this glorious glory of God. And this power of the gospel of Jesus Christ has His glory rest upon us today. There is no greater burden. I tell you what, I'd rather be one of these milk cows carrying the gospel of Jesus Christ than anything in this world. Brother Matthew Higgins said at the Adam's ordination last night, as we was examining Brother Adam, he said, you know, this calling, this calling to preach There's nothing like it. It's the greatest calling which a man could have upon his life. And uh, even uh, taking the presidency would be a step down. It would be a step backwards for the preacher to take the presidency. For certainly, there's no greater burden in which I'd rather carry than this uh, burden of presenting and carrying the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the very power of God which we carry today to you, which we preach to you this morning. Oh my friend, I can't do it without the glory of God resting upon me. We see these two milk cows and we notice certainly when the glory of God rests upon His people even as it rests upon the cart behind the backs of these two milk cows as they carried the great burden for God. When the glory of God rests upon you, first of all I'd like to point out through this pastor's scripture we see how God uses the inexperienced. You don't have to be well experienced to be used of God. You don't have to be well experienced for this glory of God to rest upon you. Of all things, boy, it was pleasing to God for two milk cows to carry this Ark of the Covenant back to Israel and restore His people once again. Look at verse number 7. It says, Now therefore, make a new cart and take two milk kinds on which there hath come no yoke, and tie the kind of the cart, and bring their calves home from them. Certainly God can use the most inexperienced, even as these milk kind, these were milk kind. These were milk cows. They wasn't oxen. They wasn't donkey. Oh, my friend, they were uh, not animals which were used to pull or to plow. These were not animals of burden. But these were animals that produced. They produced milk for the people to drink. They produced the protein for the people to take in. These cows were good at one thing. But God used them mildly for another. For certainly these cows were fitting. Though they be inexperienced, these cows were used. These milk cows. They were not oxen. They were not donkeys. They were milk kind. Not only were they the wrong type of breed, we see God can use the most inexperienced for the most amazing miracles which He wants to do. How about that little lad that had a few loaves and a couple of fishes, and Jesus Christ used that boy's lunch to feed the thousands? How about Moses? He was a man that was very hard in his speech. He couldn't talk real good. I suppose maybe he stammered and stuttered along. He couldn't talk real well. But God would use Moses to lead his people, his nation of Israel, out of Egyptian bondage. Think about that. Throughout the Scriptures, even David himself as a young lad, he's just a little shepherd boy. He wasn't good for nothing. But God used him mightily in leading the nation of Israel. You see, God can take even the most inexperienced individual and use them mightily for His honor and glory when His glory rests upon you. Boy, you've just got to overlook your inexperience. It ain't worth nothing anyway. I can't stand up here and preach on my own power. I'm just nothing. I'm just a nobody. I'm a no good for nothing, Brother Allen. I can't do it without Him. His glory must rest upon His people for them to be used for His honor. My friend, we see certainly God can use the inexperienced. Even these animals, they were the wrong breed. They were the wrong kind for Him to use. But yet, God used it for His honor to restore His people. Not only were they milk kind, but the Scripture says, in verse number 7, on which there hath come no yoke. They would not even fitting to do the job, but they had never done it before. Never had there been a yoke upon these cattle. Boy, when the Lord called me to preach, I'd never preached before. (laughs) That's one calling, i tell you what. There ain't much preparation for it. It just seems like the Lord calls you. He sends you on your way. You just be yourself and you preach the Word. That's what God wants. Doesn't matter if you've never had the yoke on you. God's got something for you to do. And my friend, God can use the inexperienced. We need His glory to rest upon us to get anything done or anything accomplished. i I'm, i tell you what. They, I don't care a whole lot for the experienced. I'll just put it that way. There's some folks that, boy, they've got the experience. They've done this and they've done that. They think they know it all. Let me tell you something, honey. We can't do it without Him. My experience is hogwash And pickle juice compared to what he knows. I'd rather trust Jesus, I'd rather have them than anything that this world has to offer. I'd rather be inexperienced and used for his honor and glory than anything under the sun. I'd rather be like the Apostle Paul. (laughs) Boy, I want to make myself nothing, oh, that he may be glorified. We may lift Him up. i tell you what, I'm just a nobody saved by His grace. I'm thankful this morning God can take the inexperienced and He can do great things with you this morning. We see not only that God can use the inexperienced, but God can send appropriately as this glory of God would rest upon these two milk kind for them to take this Hark of the covenant back to the nation of Israel. We see that God can use even two milk cows to do His will. Look at verse number 12. The Bible says, And the kind took the straight way to the way of Bethshemesh, and went along the highway lowing as they went, and turned not aside to the right hand to the left. And the lords of the Philistines went after them unto the border of Bethshemesh. We see these two milk cows as they were sent appropriately to the right place, being led of God. Certainly when the glory of God would rest upon an individual, there is no question which way he should go, where he should run. Just as we preached last week, discerning those spirits, I know that God will lead me according to this precious word. And my friend, when He sends you, you ain't got to worry about it. You ain't got to worry about your inexperience, your capabilities, your capacities, for when God leads, He leads His way. These cows, no doubt, when they were turned loose, they could have went any way they wanted to go, but they went the way that God wanted them to go. There was no struggle. They didn't turn to and fro. They went straightway. As the scripture says, the kind took the straight way to the way of Bethshemesh. Not only did they go the straight way and went straight where God wanted them to go, but they stopped exactly where God wanted them to stop. Think about that. You keep reading on in this pastor's scripture. Look at verse fourteen, and the cart came into the field of Joshua. Abishamite and stood there where there was a great stone and they clave the wood of the cart and offered the kind of burnt offering unto the Lord. These cattle, they went all the way until God told them to stop. My friend, it's all pointless if we start well. If we don't finish well. Somebody say amen right there. We can start well. We can run well. We can set a good course. Oh, but my friend, if we keep not the faith, just as the Apostle Paul said, oh, then I could be a castaway. My friend, I don't want to be that. I want to finish well. I want to run the course. I want to stay on course. But I want to end well in this walk of life. Oh, that the glory of God may rest upon me. He may use me mightily. My friend, what's your heart's desire? You may be growing weak in your faith. Certainly, as we look at our inexperience, we realize we can't do it without Him. But you may be thinking this morning that you can't go any further. Let me tell you something, honey. You can't on your own power. Oh, but we must have Jesus We need His strength. We need His help. He is that pleasant help for us today. He can send us exactly where we need to go. Hallelujah. He can make us stop exactly where we need to stop. Brother Allen. There's been times. You'll know. (laughs) You'll know it. There's been times the Lord's just pulled back her reins. Whoa. That's good right there. Boy, you talking about shutting up. There's been times when I preached. The Lord just pulled back the reins. Whoa. That's good right there. I don't know how to explain it. It just ain't meant for me to say. Boy, you can have every intention in your heart to say something, do something, and it's like the Lord says, whoa. And stop you right where you need to be. Boy, if I'd have gone any further, I ain't doubt in my mind, I'd have messed it all up. When God sends, He can send you appropriately the way you need to go to the extent and the distance which you need to go. We see not only when this glory of God rests upon us. He can use the inexperience. He can send appropriately. But God can change the outlook. We see the outlook of these two milk kind was changed in this experience. Has the glory of God rest upon them? Certainly it's a natural thing for a cow to take care of her calf. We see in this pastor scripture in verse 7, bring their calves home from them. As these cows were chosen to set about this course of duty, the calves were brought home from mama. Mama was tied up to this cart. Now, I don't know about you if you've had much experience with livestock. I know one thing. Boy, my daddy, he spent a lot of time, he spent a lot of thought, give a lot of thought to protecting himself when tending the cattle. He even showed me some of those little uh, fence-looking things, those little cages that you put around your four-wheeler. And boy, when you go checking cattle, and you've got a cow that she's calved, and boy, oftentimes that mama ain't too happy If you try to go inspect that calf, mama can be protective over those calves. It's a natural thing. It's the instinct of the animal to protect these calves. We see here in this passage, these calves were removed from mama. No doubt mama was a bellerun. Mama wanted to know where baby was. Mama wanted to know where they was taking the baby to. What are they going to do? Boy, if you ever been around a mama, she had a calf. Them things can go wild. I've seen it more than once. Them mamas can be mean. When babies took away, they took these calves away. They took these two milk cows and they hitched them up to this new cart. They placed the glory of God, this Ark of the Covenant, upon this cart. What a burden for these two cows to haul. And as they went in verse 12, the Bible tells us they went along the highway, lowing as they went. And turned not aside to the right hand or to the left. Boy, their whole mind said it changed, Brother Willie. I believe without a doubt they went from lowing for their babies And when this glory rest upon them, the things of the world had ceased. The heartaches and troubles around them was gone. They could set about doing the work which God had placed them to do. When this glory rest upon them, Hallelujah, thank You, Lord. When this glory rest upon them, everything around them, it didn't mean anything to them. They went about lowing as they went. Rejoicing of the great task which they had before them. Boy, I tell you what. I got some help last night at the ordination. Brother Jeremy. No, it was Brother Matthew Higgins. He proposed. A question to the presbytery. During the examination for brother adam at his ordination matthew asked us he said men boy you get to church at 6 30 on wednesday night service starts at seven o'clock you gotta mount the pulpit and you gotta preach with anointing of god upon you and from 6 30 to seven o'clock you're bombarded with all the cares of the world. Somebody's got a complaint. Somebody's complaining about this. Somebody's complaining about that. Somebody's talking about this, that, and the other. And you gotta mount the pulpit with your heart and mind in tune with God and present the word to the people that are there. How do you do it without such hindrances? I'll tell you one thing. When the glory of God rests upon you, it can get rid of your outlook, regardless of how bad and how sour the outlook may be. I can't do it without Him, Brother Willie. I know I ain't the only preacher that faces, it seems like oftentimes, held by the acre. It seems like opposition will uh, come at you headlong. In just a few moments, you've got to stand and present the Word of God. There's no greater desire than to stand and preach with such unction from the Holy One. But you see, these cares of the world, when I get behind the pulpit, and it's so hard to describe, the cares of the world seem to fade away. As Brother Matthew asked that question, I told him that. I said, you know, when I get behind the pulpit, it seems like the most comfortable place I could be. I'm doing what God wants me to do. There's no fear, doubt, or reservations. And when I'm out the pulpit, I need His touch. If I ever got up here and mounted this pulpit, And stood to preach. And I didn't feel that precious presence of His. I'd just go get back in that car. Because I couldn't do it Brother Willie. The men began to share their experiences. Brother Jeremy he said. Wasn't too long ago. He got caught. Downstairs. Downstairs had somebody flat chew him out at 6.58 one Wednesday night. He commits to take a tongue lashing knowing that two minutes later he had to stand in the pulpit and preach the Word of God. How can you do it? Brother Willie, I can't describe it. When the glory of God rests upon you, your outlook will change. The things that would affect you before. Boy, just like these milk cows, you imagine, like I said how mama felt having that calf took away from her. Oh, but when the glory of God rests upon them, their outlook changed. They wanted to serve God. It didn't matter how far they had to go. It didn't matter how far or how hard it was going to be. but the glory of God had rested upon them and their outlook changed. They said about their course they didn't look to the left or to the right. They weren't distracted by the things around them. Ain't no doubt these cows didn't even have blinders on. Boy, they went straightway where they needed to go. Certainly, hindrances would come up, come around them and try to make them turn and swerve and go a different direction. Oh, but my friend, they went straightway. When the hindrances come when the troubles come, when the opposition comes, boy, they's nothing like having this glory of God rest upon you to help you through those troublesome times. We can learn a great lesson from these two milk kind. We can learn a great lesson from them how to be content with this task. How to be content when this glory of God rests upon us. I ask you this morning, certainly, has this glory of God rested upon you for a particular task? You may see yourself as inexperienced, you may wonder and question where you need to go, you may even be afraid. Of the opposition and the hindrance that you may experience. Let me tell you something, friend. Child of God, when the glory of God rests upon you, there's nothing going to stop you. Nothing. I asked Brother Adam last night when they preached the charge to him. Brother Jeremy said, Brother Adam, no, this was during the examination. He said, Brother Adam, if we was to pull your ordination for whatever reason, revoke it, if we was to not give it to you, tonight, ten years down the road, we was to pull it. What would you do? He said, I'd keep on preaching. They ain't no stopping it. They ain't no stopping it. The Lord wants you to do something. They ain't no stopping it. (laughs) That's just all there is to it. Adam shared his experience last night. I tell you what, I got some help. If y'all can't realize it. I got some help last night. (laughs) Adam said he went to my grandpa, Julius. The Lord was dealing with his heart. About preaching. He said he went to Julius and asked him. Need some advice. Paul told him, said, well, run if you can. (laughs) Nathan, he thought that was the worst advice anybody could ever give him. Run if you can. If you can run, it ain't for you to do. If you can't run, boy, God's dealing with you. If God's dealing with you this morning, you say, preacher, I've tried to run. I've tried to hide. There's something in particular God wants me to do. Honey, don't you worry about it. Don't you fret over it. It's in His hands. You trust Him. You let Him yoke you up with this burden. He'll take care of you. You ain't got to worry about your experience, whether you have any or not. You ain't got to worry about whether you can do it or not. My friend, let me tell you something. He'll yoke you up. He'll use you. You ain't got to worry about any part of it. He'll take care of it all. Just put it in His hands this morning. If you've got a need this morning, the altar's open. I ask you to come. This is His time. You mind Him.